Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushville. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of June 4, 2017. The first announcement this week comes from Cora McNabb, Acting Director of the Kentucky Office for the Blind. On Friday, June 3, Cora sent the following message to members of the OFB Statewide Rehabilitation Council, SRC. Cora writes, SRC members, after much soul-searching and deliberation, Zach Koblenz has decided to re-retire effective July 14. Zach's leadership as director of Kentucky Business Enterprises brought stability to the program. His business knowledge and administrative skills were an asset to the day-to-day operations. The office has benefited from his leadership and professionalism in the business enterprise program. Zach indicated that he has truly enjoyed the relationships I have formed with my KBE team, co-workers, and many in the vending community. As I transition back into retirement, I look forward to re-engaging with several ministries and activities at my church, as well as resuming other retirement and recreation activities that I had put on hold. We will be working with the cabinet to fill the position over the next couple of months. Please join me in thanking Zach for his service and wishing him good luck as he re-enters retirement. Cora McNabb, Acting Executive Director, Kentucky Office for the Blind. Sharon Lovering, ACB Braille Forum Editor, brings us the following announcement concerning two new scholarships. Please share this information with any student you know who may qualify. Healthline now offers the Healthline Stronger Scholarship Program. This is a scholarship to help promote students intending to get an advanced degree intending to impact the type 2 diabetes condition and community, either through research, teaching, support, or whatever avenue they may choose. We recognize type 2 diabetes as a huge issue and are looking to support leaders of tomorrow to help fix it. We will be awarding two $10,000 scholarships to graduate students enrolled for the fall 2017 semester and want to make sure the American Council of the Blind can take advantage of it. We are hoping that this program can be included on our diabetic resource pages. As you probably know, graduate scholarships can be hard to come across and we are hoping this program can help. For more information, visit Healthline. H-E-A-L-T-H-L-I-N-E dot com slash health slash scholarship dash program. The deadline is June 20. ACB President Kim Charlson joins us on page 2 to introduce the 2017 ACB First Timers and Leadership Fellows who will be with us in Reno at this summer's convention. Kim explains the process for selecting the winners of these programs and briefly introduces each of the five leadership fellows. We're trying something new this week on Soundprints. In past programs, we've talked a great deal about the fact that we can read many books and other materials using our iPhones and iPads. 
No longer do you need to own a standalone device in order to read books. This week, we decided we would demonstrate how the iPhone can read. You will hear Samantha, the default voice in the iPhone voiceover feature, reading one article on page 3 and two articles on page 4. Several features of the voice, such as reading speed and pitch, can be adjusted. We have set the reading speed to 50% to make the speech understandable to our listeners who are not familiar with the iPhone voice or who are not computer users. Please let us know if you find Samantha easy to understand and if you enjoy reading books and articles this way. Soundprints has been packed with interviews and sound bites from several functions recently, and so we haven't been able to keep you updated on significant articles and press releases posted on the ACB list during the last half of May. On page three are items related to movies and audio description. One from Hulu requesting your input on making that internet service more accessible. One from the American Council of the Blind Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, Tony Stevens, requesting your help with monitoring accessibility at movie theaters this summer, and one announcing a settlement between AMC Theaters, the California Council of the Blind, and others concerning the availability of equipment providing audio description to moviegoers in AMC theaters across the country. The AMC article is read by the iPhone. Driverless cars and autonomous vehicles of all kinds are definitely a hot topic these days. Everyone has an opinion about this new technology, and opinions do vary widely. On page 4, you'll find two articles discussing the accessibility of these vehicles to persons with disabilities. Both articles are read by the Samantha Voice, part of the iPhone's voiceover feature. And on page 5 is the Soundprints calendar. Page two. Kim Charlson is from Watertown, Massachusetts, and she's the president of the American Council of the Blind. She's with us today to talk about the Leadership Fellows for 2017. Leadership Fellows are sponsored by J.P. Morgan Chase, and they will be in Reno at the ACB Convention. So welcome, Kim. Thank you, Carla. And I always find this time of year exciting and stressful because I'm getting ready for the convention and there's just, you know, a few weeks left before we're all going to be gathering in Reno and lots to do to get ready. But I really, really enjoy the Leadership Fellows process and, and getting to see, you know, applications for a wide variety of people all over the country who are who are doing great things in their in their communities and their affiliates to, you know, help help the community and help the blind community in their areas, which is really great. So, we've got a a good um, crop of, as I call them, the class of 2017, our leadership mm -hmm. fellows. Mm -hmm. um, the J.P. Morgan Chase, as you mentioned, are the sponsors for our leadership fellows program, and. Just a little background, the, um, the program requires someone to apply. Um, they have to write um, a, 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 like an essay about why they feel that they would like to come to the convention, what they've done in their community, how leadership training 
and attending a, a national convention would help them to grow their leadership skills. And they also have to have the recommendation from their affiliate presidents. So leadership fellows need to be members in good standing of ACB. They have to be over, I think it's 18 years of age, and they have to be blind or visually impaired. And I think that's basically the criteria. Mm -hmm. So you have to get that letter of support from your affiliate president and write a good essay telling all about what you've done. So it's always fun to read the essays and just mm -hmm. see what people are doing. And the deadline was April. I guess it was probably April 1. And we received all those applications, and they uh, uh, they were all interviewed. That's right. They get interviewed mm -hmm. in, over the telephone mm -hmm. by a couple members of the Durward K. McDaniel First Timers Committee, mm -hmm. which is another program we have where individuals can apply to attend the convention who have never been before but who are members in good standing and are over 18 years of age and have the recommendation of their uh, affiliate president. So this year's um, first-timers are Graham Steele, and Graham is from Riverside, Wyoming, and J.R. is like Kinnison, and he, he is from um, Washington State. We had very, very good representation from, uh, from the western part of the United States. So, in fact, if, if you know one other criteria is usually that someone is selected from the east of the Mississippi and someone selected from west of the Mississippi, but this year we had no candidates from east of the Mississippi, if you can believe that. Maybe it was Reno, so all the western folks signed up. So we have two two people from the western part of the of the United States. So they're going to, you know, receive um, a stipend to come to the convention with with transportation covered and that kind of thing as well. I was on that that committee um, that selected them, and and it, there was tough competition in the West. Mm -hmm. uh, it was it, it wasn't just a um, just a piece of cake in that one because there were good candidates. So. Um, you know these these are uh, these these two are going to be very good first timers. Um, I know Graham Steele is the she's the president of the Wyoming Council of the Blind, and uh, she's pretty new to ACB. So I think mm -hmm. this will be a great experience for her. Well, tell Definitely. us about the leadership awards. We have five leadership fellows this year. Yes, we do, and. Uh... And there's a, I have to say again, there's pretty strong representation from the western part of the United States. We have um, Anthony Akamini, and he is from Honolulu, Hawaii. And Anthony um, graduated from Kapulani Community College in Honolulu in 1984 with his associate's degree in sales and marketing. And he also got a certificate in marketing and human relations. And he has one of his hobbies is amateur radio, which is always kind of fun coming to the convention because we have an affiliate, the ACB Radio Amateurs, that he'll be able to connect with those folks and get to know more radio amateurs from around the country. Mm -hmm. um, he's 
active, you know, was active in the community college and student government and um, several different leadership roles there with disabled student services. Um, and now he has gotten more involved with um, the Hawaii Association of the Blind, which is the ACB affiliate in Hawaii. And he's serving in um, several capacities there with um, accessible transportation. He's on um, an, a board to help with that in the Honolulu area. And he's on the Citizens Advisory Group for Oahu, which is kind of like statewide because, you know, there's like five islands and they all have kind of separate separate governance. So like the states and counties and things. So the islands are kind of like counties within the state. Oh, and okay. And he, um, he serves on several boards. And he's very active in the student group in Hawaii and the Parents of Blind Children group that they have in, in the Hawaii Association of the Blind. Mm -hmm. And he travels from island to island advocating. So he's doing a lot in the community and um, with the Hawaii Association, which is just exactly what we like to see happening, and that's what this program is all about. Yes. And then we have Lori Allison, and Lori is from Tacoma, Washington, and um, she's been involved with the Washington Council now for about seven years. Shortly after she got involved, she was... Um, she was elected president of her local chapter. So she kind of jumped in at the deep end and really started doing things. She served two terms on the Washington Council of the Blind Board, and she's chaired the membership committee and the Washington um, Convention Committee. Um, and she currently chairs the Families with Blind Children Committee for the Washington Council of the Blind. So she's been, um, she went to community college and has a degree in medical office assistance management and a certificate in medical billing and medical transcription. So she's got skills in the medical transcription field. And this one's, you know, really kind of a neat honor. She was honored in 2010 as the Tacoma Area Disability Advocate of the Year. Oh, so she's really been doing a lot of um, active work in the Tacoma area, and um, so we're really excited to um, have her coming. Yes. And then we have Sarah Harris, and Sarah is from Fresno, California, um, and her story is pretty incredible. In 2002, she was driving home, and within a block or so of her home, she was involved in a car accident, and she immediately lost her vision. Mm. So um, within the next year, she kind of learned how to start becoming a functional blind person. She had a baby daughter, and she got married and decided that, you know, she needed to focus on how to be a good blind person because she had a lot to do with her life. So she's really... Um, pulled herself up and is just doing amazing amounts of volunteer work, um, first at the Valley Center for the Blind in Fresno. Um, and in 2014, when she was first introduced 
to the California Council of the Blind. She now um, was just elected vice president of her local chapter, and she's working on the fundraising committee as the chair, and she's doing outreach in the community to tell blind and visually impaired people about services and you know the white cane awareness activities and um, other kinds of services that are available to them so she um, she really is doing a lot and um, I I can't wait to, to meet her I want to meet all of them actually but I just I there's something special about Sarah that her write-up and her support from from her affiliate was just super strong and yes it was a strong a strong lady and really determined to be successful in her life and i think that's great so probably our youngest um leadership fellow is um from the east her name is daisy russell and daisy is from massachusetts so i actually know her um and she's currently a sophomore at Wheelock College in Boston, working toward a double major in educational studies and humanities with um, literature and writing as a minor. Um, This May, in fact, she's there right now, she's traveled with her college to Nicaragua to spend about three weeks working in Nicaragua on literacy opportunities and teaching. She's going to be teaching um, children um, how to read and working with them, and she's actually spending a few days with her professor at the School for the Blind in Nicaragua, where she's going to be working with the students there. And she's doing this trip because she's interested in potentially um, applying to be um, in the Peace Corps. So she thought this trip sponsored by her college would be a good taste of what life in the Peace Corps might be like. Mm-hmm. So Daisy has been um, active in the Bay State Council of the Blind since she was 15 years old. She helped form our student chapter, and she's currently the president of our student chapter. Um, she's secretary of the Voiceability Um, group, which is an advocacy awareness group um, on the Wheelock College campus, and she's active and involved in that. Um, And she has a guide dog, and she's, um, you know, I think actually she just retired her guide dog, and she's going to be squeezing in training with a new guide dog in the next several months. So Daisy's very busy, very active, and um, as you can tell from age 15, I think definitely a good candidate for a leadership fellow. I think so. Yeah. And our last leadership fellow is Michelle Zentz, and she's from Fargo, North Dakota. And Michelle is a graduate of North Dakota State University, uh, where she received a bachelor's degree in human development and education, majoring in child development and family science. Um, And she's worked part-time as an accessibility consultant for the university. Um, And she's worked in the information and technology department um, with assistive technology. Um, She's been a member of the North Dakota Association of the Blind for um, many years, over 20 years. 
and in 2016, um, she won the an honor from the North Dakota Association of the Blind, the Edwin Christensen Award, for her 11 years of board service to the North Dakota Association. Mm-hmm. And she actually was past president in, of the, the North Dakota Association um, many years ago, and she has um, served in so many different capacities on the board and in, with committees, teaching, and the North Dakota Association does a summer camp that's part of what they raise money for and provide services for. And I've heard it's quite um, quite a good camp. People really enjoy it, and she's been very involved with that, and she's been active in the Ski for Light program for many years. So she's... Um, she loves to do things outdoors and indoors and um, is, I think, a very solid, supportive member of the North Dakota Association of the Blind. So that is um, our crop of the class of 2017, the five leadership fellows that ACB is honoring and recognizing this year um, in our leadership fellows program. Kim, they will... Uh, have an opportunity to speak to the convention. Uh, are the leadership fellows going to be part of the um, opening program again this year? Yes, they are. Um, Eric Bridges, our executive director, will be introducing all of them, and they get to have a couple minutes just to say thank you and how excited they are to be there and what it means to them. So that'll be um, their first opportunity to be presented to the convention, but we're going to have a couple events for them during the convention where they have a chance to you know, meet each other and get acquainted. And then I, I also always have the leadership fellows. I, I divide them up, and then two different dates, the different fellows get an opportunity to, as a group, a smaller group, to lead the Pledge of Allegiance for the full convention mm-hmm. as we start our activities each morning with invocation and, and um, the Pledge of Allegiance. So The general a, session mm-hmm. will be not only, of course, happening at the hotel, but it will also be broadcast on ACB radio. So people back home will be able to listen in as the uh, leadership fellows introduce themselves to the convention as well. Absolutely, and they you can you know listen to ACB radio and in so many different ways you know the mm-hmm. um, by going to acbradio.org or you can um, listen on your Victor Stream if you have internet radio on your Victor Stream. A lot of people like to use that um, that way, um, and we also have. ACB radio by phone. And to listen to ACB radio by phone, you dial 605-475-8130. And um, the broadcast will be on the mainstream channel. And so you will press one from the menu to hear the the, um, general session and other things that are broadcast during convention week. We'll have a full schedule of ACB radio broadcasts um, here. We'll be reminding people on Soundprints as we get closer as well because there's all kinds of things that we'll be 
will be broadcast. But um, but be sure and mark your your calendars for uh, Saturday, July one. Um, the opening session will be begin at seven p.m. on July first, and um, you'll want to you'll want to listen in and and to not only meet the leadership fellows, but Kim, you'll be giving a report that evening of a lot That's of things correct. that have been happening during the year mm -hmm. and there will be just many other things going on at that opening yeah. session so it's a it's a busy opening session with the mm -hmm. with speakers and some of our sponsors are speaking and mm -hmm. just lots of lots of variety i tried right. to mix it up a little bit and and make it really interesting because it's packed full of stuff yes so. and i misspoke on the time that is 7 p.m mm -hmm. that would be pacific time uh, Nevada's Pacific Time. That's yes. true. Yes, right. so that will be PM, 10 p.m. So. So Eastern East Coast Time. people will have yes. to stay up late. Stay up late <laughs> and listen in because mm -hmm. we'll all be out there taking part in the opening session, and we want everyone at home to participate with us as well. Kim, it's just really, really exciting to have these five leadership fellows and the two first-timers coming to the convention. And um, it, both programs are just a really, really great way for people to uh, either, A, in the case of the first-timers, find out about ACB, more about what happens at a national convention, or B, with the leadership fellows, to, to get more information and um, pick up more um, information, tips and so on, on how they can participate at home, more in their chapters, uh, in their state organizations, and or get involved on the national level. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm very, very pleased that we can offer this program and, and give people an opportunity to to gain leadership skills and grow and have the convention experience because for those folks who have been to a convention, there's nothing quite like it, and it's very empowering and informative, lots of fun. Um, it's really, you know, a great opportunity. If you can ever work it into your schedule, it's well worth it. Certainly is. Well, thank you so much for being on Soundprints today. We appreciate it so much, and we're looking forward to the Reno Convention. Thank you very much. Page 3. This is a roundup of audio description articles and related information that has been posted in May. The first is a press release posted by Kelly Gask on May 16 on the ACB leadership list and is entitled, AMC Theaters Agrees to Improve Services for Blind Moviegoers. The reader is the iPhone. For immediate release, San Francisco, CA, April 28th. 2017 AMC Theaters, AMC, has reached an agreement with several blind individuals. The California Council of the Blind, CCB, and the Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired in San Francisco, Lighthouse, to ensure blind customers have reliable access to audio description services at AMC movie theaters nationwide. Audio description is a verbal description of the visual events on screen, which plays between pauses in dialogue. Many movies come with audio description tracks, and customers who are blind or visually impaired can listen to audio description through special headsets that are available at the theaters. With audio description, 
People who are blind and visually impaired can fully enjoy the important and beloved American pastime of going to the movies. Under the agreement, AMC will require the managers and staff who are responsible for programming and handing out audio description equipment to be trained on the equipment. AMC and the plaintiffs in the case have developed staff and customer information guides to facilitate better service. AMC also will require managers to check the equipment regularly. Additionally, AMC will now offer audio description immediately before the feature movie begins. So customers can test the equipment before the feature movie begins to help ensure customers don't miss any of the movie troubleshooting problems. In the rare event that a theater's audio description equipment is out of service, AMC will now update theater websites to remove the audio description designation from showtimes. AMC has agreed to implement these changes in theaters nationwide. This agreement resolves a lawsuit brought by CCB, The Lighthouse, and several individuals, represented by disability rights advocates and Rosenbieg Alvin and Grunfeld LLP, in 2016, alleging that audio description equipment at AMC theaters frequently malfunctioned and that AMC staff did not properly check, program, or distribute the equipment to customers. AMC has provided audio description equipment to customers for years, but some blind individuals have had difficulty accessing the service because of equipment and customer service issues. AMC theaters and the plaintiffs look forward to improved access to audio description services for blind and visually impaired persons across the country. Plaintiff Scott Blanks commented, This settlement marks an important step toward improving access to the movies for people who are blind or have a vision impairment. I'm looking forward to going to AMC theaters and enjoying the movies with my family when AMC makes the changes to improve reliability of audio description in its theaters. Cynthia Pierce, AMC Senior Vice President for Facilities, Sight and Sound for AMC commented, AMC is pleased to have worked with these organizations and individuals to develop solutions that will help bring the joy of movies to the blind community. California Council of the Blind President Judy Wilkinson stated, The California Council of the Blind applauds AMC for working with us to enhance access to the movie-going experience for people who are blind. Movies are a central pillar of modern society, and ensuring that the blind community receives access to this content is critical to ensure that people who are blind are fully integrated into society. Brian Bashan, Executive Director slash CEO of The Lighthouse States, Access to reliable audio description is essential to ensure that blind moviegoers are able to enjoy movies in the same way that their sighted friends and family members do. Dependable audio description levels the playing field for the blind community. The Lighthouse is pleased with AMC's commitment to providing this service to blind moviegoers. We look forward to working with AMC to ensure that all blind moviegoers have a seamless experience when utilizing audio description. Plaintiff's counsel Rebecca Williford of Disability Rights Advocates, DRAW, explains, We are pleased that AMC is committed to improving audio description services in its theaters. Audio description should be as reliable as any other service or technology at an AMC theater, such as a sound system or popcorn machine. Ernest Galvin of Rosenbieg Galvin and Grunfeld, counsel for plaintiffs, said when effectively implemented, Technology like audio description has the power to further integrate people with disabilities into their communities. By improving access to audio description services, this agreement harnesses that potential. Hulu is a very popular internet service similar to Netflix. 
but it has had some issues with audio description in the past. Kim Charlson posted the following information on ACB Leadership on May 21. This is from Hulu. Hulu would greatly appreciate speaking with you if you are blind and you have chosen not to subscribe to Hulu because you have heard about access barriers or the lack of audio description. We would also like to speak with you if you have confronted access barriers yourself while using Hulu. To share your experiences, please contact Kyle Ruiz, R-U-I-Z, by phone at 510-665-8644 or by email at kruiz at dralegal.org. And Anthony Stevens, ACB's Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, posted the following message on leadership on May 26, just before the Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend has traditionally marked the beginning of summer and the start of Hollywood's summer broadcasting season. Over the past six months, there has been great progress toward making movies more accessible for people who are blind or visually impaired. So, as friends and families take to the cool confines of their local cinemas during the dog days of summer, the American Council of the Blind wants to know where progress still needs to be made. In January, rules under the Department of Justice went into effect, requiring theaters with accessible devices to provide greater information and maintenance of such devices, while also requiring that any digital theater without such devices must have them available by summer 2018. In addition to this rule, the California Council of the Blind announced a settlement with AMC Theaters, which will provide greater access to described movies nationwide. The American Council of the Blind encourages filmgoers to take advantage of this improved accessibility and requests individuals who use such accessible devices to let us know what kind of experience you have in the theater. Your feedback will help track the recent progress for securing greater access to motion pictures. Please email details of your experience to advocacy at acb.org. That's A-D-V-O-C-A-C-Y at acb.org. APH offers the easy-to-use Wilson Digital Recorder version 6. Holds up to 12 hours of messages. Choose higher voice quality with less recording time or more recording time with lower voice quality now has the ability to check the number of saved messages. For the Wilson Digital Recorder, call the American Printing House for the Blind, toll-free, 800-223-1839, or visit shop.aph.org. Want to read digital talking books, download podcasts, and make superb recordings, all while on the go? Now you can with APH's Bookport Plus, its small size, quality recording, and unique capabilities make Bookport Plus an ideal replacement for earlier digital talking book players or inaccessible commercial recorders. Call the American Printing House for the Blind toll-free, 800-223-1839, or visit www.aph.org. Page 4. Driverless Cars. 
The following article was posted by Kelly Gask to the ACB Leadership List on May 19, 2017, and it is from the Technology Forum, a publication of the American Association of People with Disabilities. May 18, 2017 Vertical Line Anthony Stevens this week, on the eve of Global Accessibility Awareness Day. Disability advocates and technology leaders joined in a tour of Local Motors. Office in National Harbor, Maryland. Just down the Potomac from our nation's capital. Advocates and innovators experienced the future of transportation. And there was a sense of optimism amongst our group as we listened to IBM's Watson greet them from inside a scaled-down version of the fully autonomous shuttle named Oli. The name of the revolutionary vehicle comes from the Italian word for octopus and not given from the vehicle's creator, who pitched the idea to local motors after a global crowdsourcing competition. The vehicle, debuted in National Harbor last summer, was not just revolutionary by being the world's first cognitively aware fully autonomous shuttle, but using local motors innovative 3D printing micro-manufacturing model, it was able to go from design to final production in only three months. Working with IBM and the CTA Foundation, Local Motors is moving forward toward making the next generation of Oli to be the world's most accessible vehicle in the world, and leveraging their innovative tactics toward design and manufacturing. Concepts that once seemed science fiction are becoming reality at a speed similar to that on the Audubon. One of the greatest barriers to independence for people with disabilities has been accessible transportation. In the same breath, one of the greatest barrier busters for independence of people with disabilities has been the recent innovations through technology to augment the loss of particular abilities. This is what makes the Oli vehicle so promising for those looking to innovate in a way that can push the envelope for true universal design. Last year, I had the opportunity to serve on the Department of Transportation's negotiated rulemaking committee for the Air Carrier Access Act where advocates and airline industry leaders got together to find ways to make air travel more accessible. The experience was a complete eye-opener, pardon the pun, on the constraints that traditional manufacturing place on innovation around universal design. Trying to make a Boeing 737 fully accessible was like trying to turn an aircraft carrier around on a dime. Of course, neighborhood electric vehicles, NET, have much fewer constraints than jet aircraft. However, Local Motors demonstrated the process by which a traditional highway vehicle with 2,500 parts could be supplanted by a 3D printer in under 44 hours with just 44 parts. Local Motors achieves its success around innovation using concepts still being developed through the intersection of crowdsourcing and micromanufacturing. This method turns traditional manufacturing constraints upside down, breaking down barriers to what was often tethered to costly R&D. Such changes in the paradigm of manufacturing hold significant opportunities in the sphere of accessible design. It's in this same spirit that Local Motors, IBM, and CTA Foundation are reaching out to accessibility-minded groups, in hopes to create a vehicle that can be accessible to everyone. It might not be a car that can fly, but it has the potential of being a vehicle that communicates in multiple mediums including ASL, can tell blind passengers which way to the front door have self-releasing ramps for wheelchairs, send messages to family members on the travel status of their loved ones with cognitive disabilities, or any other accessibility feature that you can dare to dream. Indeed, that's where the biggest challenge will lay, not in what we refuse to do, but in what we refuse to imagine. Anthony Stevens, 
an AAPD Technology Forum participant, is the Director of Advocacy and Government Affairs for the American Council of the Blind, a leading grassroots consumer organization for people who are blind and visually impaired in Washington, D.C. The AAPD Technology Forum serves as a strategic meeting of national disability advocacy organizations and representatives from the technology industry with a mission to holistically drive and accelerate innovations to advance the interests of underrepresented groups. The accessibility of various technologies, devices, and applications continues to be an essential part of the forum's deliberations. This next article is entitled Self-Driving Cars Should Be Designed for People with Disabilities, and it was posted on the ACB Leadership List on May 24. It is originally from motherboard.vice.com. It is also being read by the voiceover voice from the iPhone. The autonomous vehicle revolution could be especially helpful to a population that struggles with access. Sarah Kaplan didn't have many friends as a child. She almost never left the house. Access, or the lack of it, has been constant in her life for as long as she can remember. She schedules nearly every part of her day around how she'll get from point A to point B. Kaplan has cerebral palsy, a neurological disorder that has made her a wheelchair user for most of her life. More than 56 million people in the United States, nearly one in five Americans, identify with some kind of disability, according to Census Bureau statistics from 2010. People with disabilities often have fewer job opportunities, spend less time in school, and make less money than average working-age Americans. Many of these problems are attributed to systemic barriers to transportation, according to a recent report by the Ruderman Foundation, an advocacy group for people with disabilities. Being able to access transportation is the difference between being part of the community and not, Kaplan said. To solve these problems, the technology needs proper design. Now the Ruderman Family Foundation is arguing that new transportation technology, including reassuring services like Uber and Lyft, can transcend traditional transport systems and allow people with disabilities to get to school, jobs and other opportunities, and the promise of autonomous vehicles gives people with mobility barriers a glimmer of hope. But to solve these problems, the technology needs proper design. That could mean some kind of audio communication between the driver and the vehicle, like Apple Siri or Amazon's Alexa, for people without vision or an automatic ramp that can judge curb heights for people in wheelchairs. By incorporating accessibility in the front end of development, the disabled community will not be forced to fight for accessibility on the back end the Ruderman Foundation set of self-driving cars. Still, Alexander Stimson, a senior research scientist at Duke University's Humans and Autonomy Lab, said only a few autonomous vehicle developers have seriously considered how this technology could improve access for people with disabilities. They're aware that it's a market, but that's not the focus, Stimson said. The focus is how can we get these driving on the roads? But Ryan Motten, a senior research engineer at Ford, thinks the design can be more universal. Whether you're picking up drunk frat boys or a group of blind kids, the technology is essentially the same, he said. The company is one of the most ambitious automakers in the field of self-driving cars, hoping to launch its fleet by 2021. Kim Charlson was diagnosed with glaucoma at age 8. By 22, she was blind. Now 60, Charlson 
president of the American Council for the Blind, travels the country to advocate for changes in policies, practices, and laws that impede opportunities for people who are blind. Transportation is probably one of the top three barriers that people who are blind face, being able to get anywhere and do it independently, said Charlson, who usually uses reassuring services when she needs to get around. We think that when autonomous vehicles are at a point when they can be deployed safely for everyone, there should be a way, there has to be a way, for blind people to use them as well. But this could take some time. And industry professionals don't agree about how long it could take, or even what they mean by autonomous vehicles. Kaplan, meanwhile, is hesitant to even talk about how self-driving cars could affect her life. She has too many questions. What happens if the car breaks down? Will state laws allow unlicensed drivers, like her, and many other disabled people, to operate a driverless car? Will the entire idea be scrapped? But when she allows practical questions to give way to dreams of how this technology could benefit people like herself, she's more hopeful. People with disabilities are a huge population, and we are the most ignored, Kaplan said. If all these issues could be addressed, I do think it would change the world for people with disabilities. Page 5. The Sound Prince Calendar. On June 6, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold its next conference call meeting at 8 p.m. on the conference line at 605-475-6006. The code is 294444. This meeting is great for people who are just beginning to experience vision loss or who have had low vision for several years. On June 7, the KCBPR Membership Committee will meet on the same conference line at 8 p.m. On June 8, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have its next support group meeting in Louisville from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries. There will also be a support group meeting on the fourth Thursday of the month, June 22. For more information about the support groups, call 502-895-4598. On June 8, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its monthly conference call at 7 p.m. The phone number is 605-475-4700 and the code is 155619. On June 9, the Guide Dog and Service Dog Eye Screening Clinic will be sponsored by the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana. It will take place between 3.30 and 4.45 p.m. as part of the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabout. If you have registered your dog with acvo.org during April, you are eligible for a free eye screening at this clinic. It will be held at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. For more information, Contact KCB at 502-895-4598. Also that day, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold its roundabout. Education and technology will take place from 3.30 until 6 p.m. Dinner, $5 per person, is from 6 to 7. Bingo, $2 per person. Games and crafts from 7 o'clock until 9.30 or 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries, Call 502-895-4598 to sign up. June 10 is Kids Day at the APH Museum. From 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., 
joined the Museum for Games and Activities that help kids learn what it means to be blind and answer their questions about blindness for ages 6 to 12. This is a free activity, but registration is required. Contact the museum at 502-899-2213. On June 10, the Greater Lowell Council of the Blind will have its monthly board meeting at 11 a.m. by conference call 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. Also on June 10, KCB Next Generation will hold its council-wide picnic. From 2 to 5 p.m., all KCB chapters are invited. The cost is $10 for adults and $5 for children ages 3 to 11. Includes a box lunch from Chick-fil-A. This will be held at the Brown Park, 11,000 Browns Lane in Louisville. Please RSVP to Amanda Selm at 502-750-1774 or call KCB at 502-895-4598 to make credit card payments in advance. June 11 is the KCB Next Generation meeting by conference call at 8 p.m. 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On June 13, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will meet in Owensboro from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue. Contact Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts at 270-485-8170 for more information. On June 15, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have its quarterly membership meeting at its office in Lexington, 1093 South Broadway. For more information, call the Bluegrass Council at 859-259-1834. June 16 is the next GLCB roundabout with education and technology from 3.30 to 5, discussion time from 5 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, games and crafts from 7 to 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, sign up by calling 502-895-4598. On June 17, and again on July 15, the APH Museum is sponsoring Braille for the Sighted, 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. These workshops give you the chance to learn Braille basics and practice writing on a Braille slate and a Braille writer. Advanced students will learn about Braille contractions, whole word signs, and more. Attend one or both sessions for ages 6 and up. A free activity, but registration is required. Call 502-899-2213 for information. On June 18, the KSB Alumni Board will meet at 8 p.m. on the conference line at 605-475-6006. Enter code 294444. On June 19, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind Peer Support Group will hold an outing to Lyric Theater, 6.15 to 8.15 p.m., RSVP at least three days in advance by calling 859-259-1834. Also on June 19, the KCB will have its next board meeting at 7.30 p.m. by conference call at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. 
On June 20, the Tri-State Library users will have a conference call program at 8 p.m. on the same conference line. This is an opportunity to share tips for finding free and low-cost Kindle books and how to read them on the iPhone and iPad. On June 23, the GLCB Roundabout will include Education and Technology from 3.30 to 5, Discussion from 5 to 6, Dinner along with a Book Club meeting from 6 to 7, Games and Crafts from 7 to 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, call 502-895-4598 to sign up. On June 26, Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana will have its next membership conference call at 7 p.m. on the same conference line. June 28 is the Bluegrass Council of the Blind Peer Support Group meeting, 12 to 2 p.m. at the BCB office, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. Call 859-259-1834 for more information and to sign up. June 30 to July 7 is the 56th annual ACB Conference and Convention, ACB Sparks Success, with exhibits, workshops, tours, programs, friends, and lots of fun. It's at the Nugget Casino Resort in Sparks, Nevada. Room rates are $89 a night, single-double, $10 additional for each extra person in the room. Make reservations by calling 800 648-1177 and ask for group code GACB17. Conference pre-registration is now open and you can also make hotel reservations online by visiting www.acb.org. Remember that KCB is offering a $250 stipend for KCB members who attend the convention and who are present at general session meetings as stipulated by the KCB board. Other activities of interest in July and early August include, on July 21, the GLCB Roundabout will include a clinic for anyone interested in first aid for animals. The clinic will take place from 4 to 6 p.m. and is sponsored by Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana. Other Roundabout activities will also take place that day. For more information on this free clinic, contact KCB at 502-895-4598. July 29 is the Bards and Storytellers event at the American Printing House for the Blind Museum. It's from 1 to 3 p.m. Enjoy an afternoon of entertainment at our popular arts, folklore, and performance series that celebrates entertainment industry traditions of people with vision loss. In addition to the performance, attendees will learn about the personal events and forces that shaped each performer's career. Past guests at Bards and Storytellers have included fiddler Michael Cleveland, deafblind storyteller Jag Einhorn, folk duo Tom and Kathy Arnold, and singer Terry Gibbs. At the American Printing House Museum, call 502-899-2213 for more information on the July 29 Bards and Storytellers. And on August 4 and 5, the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Reunion will be held. This is the 72nd reunion, and it will take place at the Ramada Inn, 1041 Zorn Avenue in Louisville. 
For more information, call 502-897-1472. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.